Welcome to the 5-7 Chord. Tension and release in the lives of two pre-professional music therapy interns. We are so excited that you chose to listen to our second podcast. Wow, you made it. Just in case you weren't clear before, this podcast is intended for music therapy students, interns, and new professionals, as well as for people who find us funny. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we are great. So uh, stick around, because today we'll be talking about guitar tunings, harpsicles, our recent MCAP ND training, and pumpkin faces too. Oh, wow, Whitney, what a lineup. So, what were your roses and thorns? My roses and thorns. Okay, so my rose was that I saw some friends this past weekend, which was really fun. We went to a cool bar called The Daily Refresher, and I got a really good Manhattan, and I just had a nice time reconnecting. Wow. Yeah, Special. it was nice. My thorn, though, is that my cremini mushroom spoiled today, and uh, I'm really sad about that. Yeah. Um, sure. I only had about three left, but... Three uh, is something. I have two more salads to make this week, and there, there will, will be, be mushroom less. Okay. Minus the mushrooms. Right. So, so that's it for me, but I bet, I bet you have something to share as well. Yeah, so my peak, um, I got to spend some time with my beautiful and supportive friends and family over the past two weeks. Your early 20s can definitely be confusing and filled with a lot of self-doubt and questioning. I hear you. Sing it, sister. Yep, but moments with people that I love and that love me back always ground me. You mm. know, over the past two weeks, I was able to see, watch Mulan with my dad and go to the gym with my mom and see my sister and hang out with my roommates and go shopping and I had a great chocolate milkshake. So stuff like that, the little things. The grounding stuff. Right. Like the base bar. Mm-hmm. Like a good pedal. So my pit for the week. I work a second job at a gym, and the long and late hours are really starting to take a toll on me, but I try not to lose enthusiasm, even though sometimes I have to clean toilets. Um, mm. So even when I'm exhausted and stressed, one of my favorite quotes by Winston Churchill is, success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Enthusiasm goes a long way, you know? I, I do know. Yeah. You're an inspiration to me. Thank you. Thank I'm not you. even kidding. It's totally true. All right. So positive. You know, fake it till you make it. You're not always faking it, though. No. You're not always faking it. And now. Research! It's the music therapy research game. We are extending our time limit to one minute and 16 seconds. It just feels right, and we believe that we can cover a lot in 16 seconds. So getting the timer... Started for my friend Whitney here. Whitney, are you ready? I, I'm ready. I'm not ready. Let me, let me just prepare myself. Okay. Sure. <sighs> okay, I'm fine. Take it away in three, two, one. Okay, so the study that I looked at was, again, in Journal of Music Therapy. Uh, it studied children with autism spectrum disorder, cochlear implants, and normal hearing children to determine if they perceived emotions or movement conveyed through music differently. So they used a violin for musical excerpts. Emotions were happy, sad, anger, disgust, fear. And then a variety of articulations, including mode, temper, timbre, dynamic, range, and rhythm. The movement section conveyed walking, running, skipping, jumping, and climbing. And they used melodic contour only 
not mode or timbre to express movement. They used pictures of emotions, like facial expressions, and pictures of movements to identify the randomly played excerpts. The results included the Autism Spectrum Disorder group having more accurate responses regarding emotion, with the typically developing group closely behind. The cochlear implant group had the lowest accuracy scores. The normal hearing, typically developing group were similarly accurate regarding movement, while the cochlear implant group was low on interpreting movement through music. Research on lower functioning children with autism spectrum disorder is required, though. Six seconds. Thank you. Uh, Children with cochlear implants process melody, timbre, and mode differently. And this is great information for music therapists to know. Sure is. Yep, who work with these kids. Whew, man, that felt good. I liked that amount of time that we had. That extra 16 seconds really does it. It really allowed me some breathing room. So let me start your timer. Are you ready? I am. And three, two, one, go. So my study is from Music Therapy Perspectives. And it is on alternate guitar tunings for music therapists. I have found in my time as a music therapy student that um, the guitar is often used in very limited ways and is not explored in its full functional capacities. So very few MTs are comfortable using alternate guitar tunings, but there's lots of opportunities and experiences. And it's 100% on the professional competencies that the AMTA put out in 2013. So we should be able to do it. Um, So the article discusses the relevance of alternate tunings to your practice, how you can create nine specific alternate tunings, tips for retuning strings, Hmm. how to use alternate tunings to facilitate certain clients' successful use of the guitar. There's examples and then pre-composed pop songs and things that already use alternate guitar tunings so you can get an idea of what chord progressions and things to use. Um, And overall, alternate tunings enable clients to play the guitar with a lot greater ease than standard tunings offer usually. That's you, all I have to say about it. You have about four seconds left. Wow. That's I still want to play your sound, though. Woo. Time's up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Whitney. Wow, that's really interesting. It and is. I agree that we should know how to do a lot of that stuff. And sometimes right. we graduate from programs without, without knowing. It's hard to know everything to know. that you think you should be knowing. It's true. In four or five years. You know, I was looking for an article and... One of the uh, recent JMTs had an article on um, some kind of assessment for music therapy students to see what their aptitude was for being a clinician. That's really interesting. I'm and not it sure makes me feel that. bad. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. And it's funny because I was kind of, so I was talking to one of our supervisors today. I was talking to Karen about it. And she was saying that it's hard to teach personality. You can teach, um, you can teach how to write documentation. You can teach clinical skills. Right. You can teach how to play guitar. You can teach how to play piano, but you can't teach how to work well with children. So true. And so that I kind of get, like, that some people are more well suited for the profession right. than others. But I don't think that you can figure out whether you can do music therapy via a test. I should read the article before passing judgment, but right. I didn't read right. it because it sounded dumb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just my opinion. Sorry. No, I definitely think that I may also side with that opinion, but I should read it. Maybe I'll read it next week. You know, thank goodness that music therapy is such a versatile field. So if you're not crazy about working with kids, that's okay. It's true. But a but lot you of should people, be a personable. You need to be a people per- person. Exactly. A person yeah. that works with people. Yep. 
Not a purple people eater. Not at all. Or any kind of people eater. Nope. No. Blue, yellow, red. No. Okay. No. So speaking of music therapy. <laughs> and that is what we're talking of, about. Speaking of assessment tools. Assessment tools, yes. <clears throat> um, last week we were fortunate enough at Mary Cariola to host... Um, a training assessment with John Carpente. My new favorite music therapist from Malloy. Mm-hmm. And he talked about his new assessment resource, the MCAP ND assessment training. What if he tool. listens to this? That would be pretty cool. All we right. Hey, John, but if you are listening to, to this. Great guitar skills, great musical skills, yep. great philosophy of music therapy, great video clips, great sweater. Oh, yes. It was tan. Okay, anyways. Whitney, do you want to tell us what the MCAP ND is and get us rolling on this topic? I sure do, Sarah. So the training was teaching us how to assess in an improvisational model. Um, so it allows us to assess children, typically children with autism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on their musical skills. So, And the whole kind of point was that it bridges the gap between a behavioral assessment where it's looking for just behaviors and a more humanistic assessment, which is really great for a, pra- a clinical practice like music therapy because so much of what we do in an improvisational model are humanistic techniques, but at the same time to validate our profession and the need for these services to other professions, it has to have some element of behavioral support. Sure, and it kind of, it kind of includes both qualitative and quantitative measurements Right. Yep. in the assessment. Um, and John started off his presentation with um a lot of background information on uh a guy named greenspan right mm-hmm. was greenspan a psychologist or a music therapist i'm not positive about that okay he was either a psychologist or a music therapist and basically the idea um that he was presenting was that music is kind of a very basic form of communication um which comes and is natural even before spoken language or written language or any kind of pictorial uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so even before, even before like a child could use pecs and exchange pictures, um, music might be a good way to access them and to teach them how to uh, communicate, not only to communicate their wants and their needs, but communicate on a more um, emotional level and understand the actual meaning of words and the meaning of kind of less of a cause and effect and more of a, like, how am I feeling about what I'm saying and what I'm hearing? Right. Am I explaining that properly? Yeah. Okay. And also just really quickly, just so you know, MCAP MD stands for the Individual Music-Centered Assessment Profile for Neurological Disorders. Thanks, Sarah. Just in case you're wondering, and it is available on Amazon. Hmm. The okay, hard pr- copy. Proceed, Whitney. Thank you. So, so anyway, uh, music is like that fundamental, fundamental language, and uh, the assessment tool uh, looks at the child's musical skills. Um, Which is music so is... wonderful because so many times a lot of assessment models that exist now completely disregard the musical skills and try to break it down into terms that would fit into a more behavioral model. 
Right, and they typically break it down into a few different domains. So they would break it down into communication, into a physical domain. Social, emotional, cognitive. Behavioral, yeah. whatever. Yeah. What, have, what but have you. In this, music is, is the domain. The domain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were listening, John. <laughs> so anyway, it was really interesting um, there are three different phases of the um, improvisational assessment session. And it's really great how those are facilitated and laid out because so many times we address it as, okay, it's humanistic, it's improv, we go with the student and we don't even get out of phase one. Right. But you know, even though it may be client-based and client-driven, we as therapists have the potential to guide them to certain places, which we should for yeah. therapeutic benefit. Right. So the first phase is following the client's lead. Right. Yep. Um, and basically just doing, going along with what the client is doing, meeting them where they're at. Um, a lot of um, repetition and a lot of, what's the... Um, the technique that Lucia's I want. Lucia's empathy techniques in yeah. this kind of session, but it would be more of imitating Imitation. and reflection rather than like eliciting certain things out of them. You're kind of validating what kind of musical ideas they are bringing so that you can develop some kind of joint attention or engage right. together. And then the second phase is the first one was following the client's lead. And then the second one is. Wow, I should know this. I well, the dumb. third one is the client initiating things. Yes, and it's the called client. affect synchrony. Right. And so the middle stage was more of the client following certain musical cues and following certain right. directions and demonstrating some kind of ability to respond to musical cues that are being given. So you leave more space and allow the client to respond in the space. Or you would maybe want the client to repeat what you're doing. Right. Or... Some kind of communication. For a, res- a specific response. Right. So anyway. Um, or their ability to sink into the dynamics and sink into the tempo. Right. Or say you change the meter. Do they catch on to that? Right. So this assessment tool, um, the reason why it's quantitative, not only qualitative, is that there is this scale, scale scoring system um, in which the person who is assessing the child, the the therapist, um, will look back at a video recording of the session, um, or two or three sessions. Um, it can take that long to assess with this tool. Um, and they look back at the video recording and give, uh, an idea of how well the child did on certain musical skills, uh, such as, uh, repeating or matching or right and how well it also assesses how what what their musical taste preferences are as far as tempo pitch dynamic mm -hmm. timbre it was two charts side by side and so you were looking at certain musical responses or certain things that were occurring in the music that they were responding to and how often did they do that did they never do that? Did they do that sometimes? Did they do that always? And it was on a scale right. of zero to five. Right. And then on a chart side by side, it was also looking at what level of prompt was required for them to get those responses. Zero being 
that I think five was that they could do it independently. Right. And it was kind of, it was switched so that right. it was a little confusing. It was. <laughs> um, but a really wonderful way to look at, to easily see like, oh, across the board, they can't do this. Or across the board, they can do this. And they need, they consistently need minimal physical prompting. Or they right. consistently need maximum physical prompting in phase two. Right. So looking at what areas you really need to work on and it does it quantitatively, which is awesome. So it's a very interesting tool. Um, it takes a long time, I think, to learn how to use it um, mm-hmm. and to use it effectively. Uh, but it was a really effective uh, training for us to go to because now, yeah, because now in my improv sessions, in my individual sessions, which are mostly piano improv based, uh, I'm just trying to figure out which, which phase I'm in, like Entering whether I'm in phase, phase one. Phase two. <laughs> Are we in affect synchrony? Right. Rarely. <laughs> sometimes. You know, sometimes. I think maybe. But it makes me really think a lot more instead of just paying attention to, like, am I playing... What is, like... Am what I'm... Is what I'm playing pleasing to the client is not the only question I want to ask. Right. Like, am I reflecting? Am I imitating? Right. Am I mirroring? And knowing what you're doing... So that you can think about how it is playing into the spectrum of the therapy or the direction that it's going in. Because like I said before, you can get so stuck in phase one. And while it's great to follow the client and validate what they're doing, you can be missing out on so much. Right. Because you could you're challenge them on. even more. You could right. just challenge them so much. Yep. And and they might not even realize they're being challenged until you're... Mm-hmm until you're at a really great place together. Yep. And the other benefit of this training tool for our agency uh, is that we all now kind of have a similar and common language to discuss um, these improvisational sessions. So in a behavioral session, we really have the language pretty much down from from the in- extensive training we've gotten from Mary Cariola mm-hmm. and from just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of research that's been done on behavioral techniques but we now have a common language to discuss this improvisational technique with our co-therapist so we can like if Sarah and I are working together we can say okay do you felt feel like we were in phase two yet or were you still in phase one still still matching the client and still reflecting what they were doing Mm -hmm. you know and it's good to it's good to be able to to communicate non-verbally during a session but it's just really beneficial I think to have these Mm -hmm. to have this common language absolutely and john talked a lot about bruce's 64 clinical techniques and a lot of us know what at least a few of them are or can kind of pick out when we're doing them but really knowing which of those techniques belong to which phase and knowing when you're doing something and creating more functional definitions for them can be really important for you and your co-therapist sure i think yeah. Weren't most of the uh, techniques laid out in phase one and then phase two and then repeated in phase three? I remember seeing that. Yes. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of just like if you were to have a sandwich and there's just one kind of bread on the top, which is you leading or the client leading, I'm sorry, and then you get to the middle where it's kind of like a give and take call and response and then you get to the bottom and now 
Well, right? Like they are initiating the music in the end. So in the beginning, maybe you're more initiate the music therapist is kind of more initiating the musical ideas, but at the same time, yeah, if you're meeting I don't the know, client, that's kind where of a confusing are. thing. I like the sandwich idea though. Yeah, I like sandwiches. I mean, you yeah. could also just be in the mood for a sandwich. Yeah. Hmm. I've been wanting to have peanut butter and jelly and cream cheese day at work for a long time. Yeah. That would be really great. It really balances the day out well. I would definitely yeah. make homemade bread for that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, overall, the MCAP ND is a really wonderful tool with a lot of potential for our field. And we can't wait to learn a little bit more about it. And maybe you'll hear more about it later. It's true. Maybe. Yeah. You never know what could happen. Perhaps. On the five, seven good. Right. Exactly. So now that we've kind of wrapped up this segment, mm-hmm. we're moving on to a new segment called mm-hmm. Instrument of the Week. And this week's instrument is... The, the harpsicle. harpsicle! That's oh. right, folks. The Harpsicle. Right. It is a small... Harp. But it is not too small. It is still rather large. That's true. So if you hold it against, I'm five, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And if I hold it against my chest, it still feels pretty large. So it's it's a good sized harp. I feel when I'm holding that harp that I should be dressed in Renaissance garb and in a troupe of young actors wandering across the countryside exactly. in their traveling band. Mm-hmm. I Perhaps. feel like a minstrel. I kind of picture uh, myself in the Aristocats, that movie. Mm. Um, but it's really wonderful. It is plastic. And the base of the harp, so which would be the flat side, which is usually on the left, the side that's held against the body, is a hollow resonating kind of board, which is wonderful to put on clients' laps or to put on their chest or to mm-hmm. feel on their arm. or It even, feels great. It feels amazing. Um, and the strings are nylon. It's all the white keys, quote, white keys on the piano. So you can play, if you're accompanying the harp in C major and D Dorian and G mixolydian or A natural minor. So a lot of options. Um, and then all of the G's, I think either red or blue and all the F's are the whatever color is not taking yet. It's, it's fair warning. It's very difficult to tune, uh, especially when you get into those higher, uh, higher pitches but it is gorgeous oh it's beautiful it sounds beautiful it's so motivating and so easy to get response from as well should we let them hear what it sounds like yes we should here is the sound of the harpsicle so the reason we wanted to discuss the harpsicle is because we of course recently got one at Mary Cariola the mm-hmm. first day of and internship. Do you remember that day? Yes, we opened up the harpsicle and oh. it was a harpsicle and we had never heard that word before. It was it was a very fun day. We got it was like Christmas. It was and instruments so many galore. instruments, but the harpsicle was no doubt our favorite. Right. And still is. If I ever need to just feel deep vibration, I just put the harpsicle on my chest and give it a nice big Ugh. And the kids love it, and I they love really using do. it as in a group, and having the kids take turns with it. Um, they're so motivated by it too, especially kids that have trouble opening up their hand. Mm-hmm. I like using it with them because it's something that 
because of like the nylon strings and it's really pretty loud um, loud in the room it's a lot easier i think for them to access than the guitar which is sometimes sometimes a little big and scary coming at you like imagine being in a wheelchair right and the students don't get as much independent success out of the guitar because when you think about it there are six strings but then you have to be able to have the motor planning and the motor ability to play those strings in different octaves or play the, you know what I'm saying? So seeing on the harp, all of those pitches are laid out right in front of them and all they have to do is move their hand right. to play all of those notes is extremely rewarding and they can do it independently. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. a really fun instrument. So And it's also great to just uh, use in our free time. It is, it is. You hear the dulcet sounds of... The harpsicle. The harpsicle emanating from the sea room. Mm-hmm. Mm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. All right, Whitney, it's about that time. To what say time goodbye. is it? It's time to say goodbye. Oh. All right. We need to sign off with, with our regular sign off. Podcast is finished. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with any questions or concerns, you can email us at v7chordpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.